You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. All right. Y'all ready? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason and Chris and Jason. And it's been, it, it has been a while, right? A couple weeks. A couple weeks. Sounds right. I know um, these other two guys have missed it dearly. Uh, they text me every day about, hey, when are we doing the podcast again? And I said, just hold on, guys. We'll, we'll do it. And here we are. So I like your sweatshirt thank you i just noticed that that was one of the free no this is where i went to school yeah yeah midwestern (laughs) seminary they send you enough emails they want you to go to that school we were at the gospel coalition conference as soon as we got there mary went and was like i'm gonna buy every book here yeah and i was like what will they give me for free for not buying anything (laughs) and midwestern seminary they had like five ipads on tables and you just had to put in your information hit submit yep. and they gave you that sweatshirt and i was nice. like it's super comfortable too it is it's very nice so they send me a lot of emails now that they have my email address but it was worth it mm-hmm. all right well <laughs> uh, new series we're officially in december oh come emmanuel is the four-week christmas series um and, I f- and to be honest with you guys, this is, what, year five, six, five? Who's counting? I don't remember. Of um, Christmas series that I've done at Easter Park. This might be the easiest one I've put together. I don't know why, or maybe it's... I've done it a while, or it just came together a little easier. Or maybe I was just happy to be done with first Samuel so do you know my slides Bo told me after first service um thankfully Peyton didn't uh show it but in my slides I had first Samuel 9 and not Isaiah 9 and I had read it three or four times and didn't catch it and you I miss like, it I missed it because I was like my brain's still back in first Samuel but you, you miss it already I'm saying you miss first Samuel it's a longing to go back yeah yeah no no I'm thankful for it, but we got out of that book. Well, anyways, Christmas series has started. Um, We even got the Christmas uh, event, Christmas as I knew it, finished on Sunday night. Um, Jason and Karina were there enjoying it. Chris sat in the back uh, and didn't talk to anyone. I sat at the table with your family. (laughs) (laughs) You probably talked to my family more than I did. I know that. At every church event, I cannot settle down. I should take medication before an, an event because I just pace around there like a lunatic, not being helpful at all, just in everyone's way. Um, but anyways, uh, it, this was the third year we've done Christmas as I knew it. Um, that might be the last one. I don't know. Well, time will tell. It was there was good and bad. Um, so, but we've done it for three years. Well, who knows if we'll shake it up next year? But what was your favorite part of Sunday night? Mine. 
sitting with my family? Was uh, it was a tie between. <laughs> it was a tie between the the bingo and the trivia. Yeah, but definitely when it was over. Why? Because you uh, the whole event. Yeah. Too many people. Yeah. Um. No, it was very loud. It was loud, and was I think loud. Sunday that night. Might have been that night or the next day. Corey's just sitting in the chair in the living room, and I was like, "Have you been? You peopled out? Like it's just, it was just too much stimulation." So, yeah. Yeah, it was loud. Yeah. That would be my negative. Fine with being loud, but it was like loud for twenty minutes, and Ben brought out his cute baby, and that kid's just like, Whoa. <laughs> like I can't." <laughs> right outside the sanctuary, like, "Is this church?" Yeah. Um, but anyways, it was fun. What did? What about you? Um, <clears throat> fellowship. Actually, met somebody we thought was new, but she's been coming here for like a year. Corey, it's Corey <laughs> thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so we had good fellowship at our table and then Who I also like the movie trivia. Who did you meet? Um, KJ. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good people. Yeah. She stayed. I've, I've seen her before, yeah. but we've never actually talked. And yeah. So, um, we got to know each other. Very nice person. It was awesome. good. Good fellowship when we could hear each other. Yeah. And when you could hear each other. <laughs> the whole sweater. I forgot, I forgot how, was like the podcast of curmudgeons. We got to change <laughs> yeah. the name of this. Y'all, y'all like, it's like, this podcast is just like me interviewing those two guys in the balcony at the Muppets. That's what that, this is what this podcast usually just feels like. I take like. that as a compliment. <laughs> I love those guys. I think mine's cliche. I say it every year, but um, when the kids kind of sat still for a few minutes mm-hmm. and Jackie Adams read the Christmas story this that year, nice. she did a really good job. So, uh, yeah. That was that was good, and um, Jenny had a really cool craft that we didn't even. Mm-hmm. I think they sent it home, or some of them did them there, but it was it's like a nativity pop up nativity. Yep, Alex has her there. sitting in her room. Does she? Yep. See, so it's good. There's a lot of elements that I've liked about the event the past three years, but um, I like the the um, I didn't mention it either. But the or Christmas ornament that was cool. Yeah. Where they got to decorate their own. That, thankfully, because like that, the past two years took like 45 minutes. Just took forever. And then Jenny did the paint pens this year and everything Mm. moved real quick, which was nice. Um, So, all right. Well, if you loved it, um, that might be the last one. Who knows? We'll find out next Christmas. Um, if we're all alive. Um, Isaiah 9. He calls us curmudgeons. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. What? I mean, I don't know. I've seen a lot of gloom in the land is what I hear in Isaiah. Isaiah 9, 1 through 2. Um, I'm trying to. We'll see if I stay consistent throughout this series. Every week, start in Isaiah 9. Explain it a little. And then explain it further in the Gospel of John. Mm-hmm. Is how I initially mapped this series out but we'll i am going to do it again this sunday but we'll see if i can keep that up but isaiah 9 1 through 2 what does emmanuel mean uh, we only looked at one point well we looked at several but one kind of main point christ brings light to the world so what's the background of isaiah to get our brains around that 
All right. Isaiah, of course, is a major uh, prophet in the Old Testament. Uh, he is obviously credited with the authorship of the book of Isaiah. Uh, the book of Isaiah is actually divided into two main sections, uh, chapters 1 through 39. Um, this section primarily contains the oracles and messages from the prophet Isaiah uh, during the 8th century. It addresses the Syrian threat to the kingdom of Judah and issues of social justice and ethical behavior. Uh, where chapters 40 through 66 is actually believed by scholars to have been written by a different author or authors. Uh, and it dates to the Babylonian exile in the 6th century. Uh, it offers messages of hope and comfort to the Israelites in exile uh, for seeing their eventual return and restoration. Uh, but, but Isaiah actually lived um, in the southern kingdom of Judah uh, during a critical period in history. Um, his ministry traditionally took place in the reigns of kings Uzziah, uh, Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah. Um, Isaiah's prophetic messages were delivered in a time of political upheaval and uh, the looming threat of the Assyrian Empire, which eventually conquered uh, the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 B.C. Um, Isaiah's prophecies are diverse, covering themes uh, such as repentance, judgment, salvation, and the Messiah, and the future glory of God's kingdom. And many of his prophecies are highly po uh, poetic and contain vivid imagery. There it is. I hope everyone got that. Um, at the end of this podcast, we will be handing out a test. Yep. So you write down those names, dates, uh, themes, yep. and then we'll quiz everyone at the end. Um, I like it. So, and if you fail, I don't know. What's the pun? I can't say anything that's yeah. like repeatable. <laughs> like that sounds pastoral into the mic. That's funny. I don't know. Um, I, I started yesterday and the day before uh, just an Old Testament survey book just because I thought I should refresh my mind on these things. Um, it's been good so far. But those are, I would challenge, if you've been a Christian for a long time, one, read the Bible all the way through. But two, um, for every book of the Bible, you should have at least a, a sentence or a few sentences of what that book's about mm. um, would be helpful. I'm so, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. I, I can do that. Like, don't come test me, but there, that's a, that's a solid goal, especially if you're an uh, elder in the church. Um, so, all right. Uh, oh, it's a question for you. Question. Oh, boy. Um, how did the verses prophesy about the Messiah? All right. First, we need to see why we need a Messiah. Um, that, that while there is gloom in the land, uh, we are the ones that walk in darkness. This is John eight twelve. 12. Um, as I was writing these answers, I did think, wow, there's a lot of cross-references that I should have said on Sunday that I didn't say. Um, and I'll one specifically here in a moment. But uh, John eight twelve says, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Um, so this is, again, not something I brought up on Sunday, but Matthew 4 specifically references Isaiah 9, 1 and 2, and shows us the clear connection between both of these realities. It shows us, why Jesus has come as he begins his ministry. So this is Matthew 4, starting in verse 12. 
Now when he heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Gal- into Galilee, and leaving uh, Nazareth, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali, so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, that the land of Zebulun, the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light, and those dwelling in the region and the shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. From that time, Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Isn't that a really dumb verse to leave out from for Sunday? I, I was like, why didn't I say that? Um, but anyways, that's we're at least getting it the same week. That's the somewhat of the point of behind the message. Uh, so that's a clear connection of the prophecy um, in Isaiah 9, 1-2, and how it points to the Messiah in Matthew chapter 4. All right. So that being said, where am I at? Oh, what did the angel tell Joseph about the meaning of Emmanuel? Before you answer that, I want also want to clarify. I think I said uh, something about 500 years of silence on Sunday, and that was 400. Yes. So if I, if anyone <coughs> caught that, I think I, if I said 500, I should have said 400. We'll let it slide this time. This is just, it's not going to be behind the message. It's, this is going to be called, like, fix the message. <laughs> it doesn't have the same ring to it. But. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Um, Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 23. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So the angel told David, um, or Joseph, um, hmm. That Emmanuel means Look God with us. Look who's back in First Samuel. <laughs> <laughs> you put me back there. <laughs> um, yeah, told Joseph Emmanuel means God with us. You think Joseph had any idea before the angel? I, like I kept reading, like what what did Joseph know before the angel told him? Did he have any idea? Was his was his purpose um, for wanting to divorce, or his purpose of going to divorce Mary, was that because of any information he knew beyond her being pregnant? Any thoughts? I don't think so. I mean, a plain reading of the text, I don't think so. But there were certainly articles and different things I read that tried to explain that away. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just was like, I don't think he knew. I don't think so either. <clears throat> I mean, what what guy would be like? Yeah, make that connection. You know, oh yeah, that's that's my bride to be. That's pregnant with God. You know. Yeah, like people had um, one article, and I don't I don't really know how they got this. Was that Joseph was going to divorce her because he didn't want to mess up God's plan mm-hmm. for Mary? And I'm like, yeah, but that would require Joseph. And there's, they're assuming that Mary went and immediately told Joseph. And I'm reading the passage, and I'm like, he, the whole conversation is built around he doesn't know. Anyways, all right. Well, if anyone has been reading on that and has a different answer, uh, message us at... Um, What's your email, Chris? <laughs> Fortner at gmail, something like that. Um, all right, well, we talked about what that actually meant, the light of Christ, from 
John 1, 1 through 13. That's mm-hmm. where I stayed the most out of. Um, I had three subpoints. A light for those that walk in darkness was the first one. Right, first question for you, Jason Payne. Has the Son of God always existed? If yes, in what form? So, first question, yes. Um, just let's be real. Did, did that, was my explanation on Sunday, did that make sense at all? Because it was, I wrestled with this one quite a bit this past week. Um, and I think to say in what form is the best way to explain that is to stick to the text. So the Son of God existed as the Word and mm-hmm. uh, the form of God. So yes, He existed in, He's always existed, but certainly existed even in Genesis 1. However, He wasn't in the body of Jesus Christ that exists now. He existed as the Word of God. I'm trying to, it, I was, I've been trying to think through this, explain it without imploding a correct understanding of the Trinity. Um, but I wanted to at least make it clear that God wasn't two and then split to three when Jesus was born, uh, that he's always existed. And I think out of Colossians, all things were made by him, through him, for him. So the, the simplicity of it is that the manger wasn't a backup scene um, or a backup plan, and the manger scene wasn't uh, some some Hail Mary to save the world, no pun intended. Um, so I, I, I really wrestled with that. I, I read some quote, and I was like, I don't even know if that quote was helpful, but um, just trying to at least get people to think through, you know, the sun has always existed. Right. So anyone, you got anything you've been, you've memorized uh, I've Wayne Grudem's book. <laughs> Right, <laughs> Wayne Grudem's book. You got anything? No, that one's tough. Uh, I mean, uh, I think you know, even looking in the Old Testament, some people interpret, um, like sometimes when it talks about the angel of the Lord, that that's a pre-incarnate Christ. Coming. I I mentioned that to maybe Dustin, someone else, um, on Sunday that in the Old Testament there does appear times where you have a pre-incarnate Christ mm-hmm. arriving on the scene in bodily form. I'd say that's probably who's walking in the garden, the angel of the Lord yeah. um, that's referenced even maybe with Moses in the burning bush. Um, and even Melchizedek would be the incarnate Christ in bodily form, just not the body of Jesus. Now, I would also say now... It is the body. It's the body of Jesus at the right hand of the Father now. Yeah. I don't know. Is that? It could be trippy. I just don't. I, maybe no one's thought about this, but I thought it was worth at least mentioning on Sunday. Yeah. Well, all that being said, what does the incarnation of Christ mean? <clears throat> John uh, chapter one nine through ten, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. So the incarnation of Christ means Jesus, the eternal God, came to earth, born of a virgin, to be the light to the world. He retained 100% of his deity and took on 100% of humanity. I like it. 
So it means we have hope. <laughs> that's the la- that's, that's the last that's, my, yeah. that's the last message in the series. <laughs> that's Christmassy. That's Christmassy. Um, all right. Explain that further, Chris. With all that being said, what darkness does Christ shine on? Um, darkness represents the power of evil, mm-hmm. sin, and unbelief in this world, all of which lead to eternal death. And I have a couple of scriptures here, and I am going to jump back to First Samuel. All right. Chapter 2, verse 9 says, He will guard the feet of his faithful ones, but the wicked shall be cut off in darkness. For not by might shall a man prevail. And then also have John three nineteen, which says, And this is the judgment. The light has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light, because their works were evil. So the darkness isn't good. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, all right, so all of that being said, we know what John the Baptist no, we don't know. Chris is going to answer yeah, that in a minute. Let me tell them that in a minute. But uh, letter B is a light for those to bear witness. Explain that. What was John the Baptist sent to do? Uh, John the Baptist was sent to prepare the way uh, for the arrival of Jesus Christ. Uh, John 1, John chapter 1, verse 23 says, He said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way, Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Um, of course, John, we know John preached in the wilderness, um, urging people to repent and prepare for the arrival of Messiah. Uh, John baptized people in the Jordan River in repentance of, uh, for their sins. Um, you could say this baptism was in preparation for the coming of the Messiah. Um, Matthew three, eleven says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Yeah, not to get too deep into that, or even too deep theologically, but it took quite a long time growing up in church before you connected those simple dots of there was baptism existed before Jesus' death and resurrection. Um, Christian, or not Christians, I guess the Jewish people were were baptizing people. You You could do a lot of research into that, but I would say yeah that it was a baptism of preparation and it's not the same as the baptism of a believer today where we truly identify with the death and resurrection of christ and you know the receiving of the the indwelling of the holy spirit so all right and for the record we're still going to be looking at john the baptist this sunday Jason Payne, for you, how are we called to do the same? Um, last Thursday, I think, I went to the Elizabethan Fellowship of Christian Athletes. It was the first one in the cafeteria, and uh, Connor, your son, mm-hmm. was there. What did he say? He sat at the cool table with me and Bo? Actually, I said that, but he said he sat with you guys. It <laughs> was a cool table. He said the cool table. It was a cool table. <laughs> well, they went to... You know what? I'll, I've not said this to you. Like, these students are coming in, and I'm like, Connor's not, he's not talking, like, I don't, it doesn't seem like he knows any of them. Yeah, he said none of his friends were there. That Well, that's what I, I, sh- I tried to ask, I should have asked just that question, but I, I, what came out of my mouth was, 
Connor, do you have any friends? <laughs> and then I was like, I don't want them. I don't mean it like, you know what I mean? He's like, yeah, they're just not here. I'm like, all right, yeah, that's what I meant. Like, <laughs> but he did sit with us. So long story long, um, Tom Taylor spoke uh, that night, and um, he at some point brought up about being ambassadors for Christ and and I already was writing this message and it just kind of was a good reminder of as John the Baptist came to bear witness to Christ we are also called to be ambassadors of Christ um, so we're called to bear witness and I want to be clear I did mention this on Sunday it's more than just being an example um, it's certainly first that so we, we should walk uh, in righteousness and, and private public where we should be kind um, respectful to others we should work hard we live with integrity we're loving to others we're um, we serve those that are in need all of that is certainly it's certainly first that um, but that's not all so I tr- just especially maybe growing up in the south um, that was that kind of mentality like to be the light of Christ is just to be nice mm-hmm. um, like no one got saved because their coworker was nice um, it's it it's a proclamation that happens it's explaining the words of who Christ is and what Christ has come to do um, so personally maybe this is a little harsh like I, I don't want to hear any Christians at East River Park tell me that they're they're sharing the gospel by being an example of Jesus. You're not. You're just not. Like that's a great first start, but you're not sharing the gospel. It's not enough. Um, and I tried to make that connection. Like I bet, I bet John the Baptist wished it was that easy, um, but he preached Christ, and John preached repentance, and it literally cost him his head. Um, so the calling to love. And serve the poor is a biblical mandate, but it's not our primary mandate. Uh, our primary mandate is to preach Christ with real words. You gotta talk. You gotta say stuff. Uh, not just stuff, but you gotta say the gospel. <laughs> so, anyways, that's how we're called to do the same. So, yeah, keep being that nice coworker, but that's not evangelism. So, all right, what does it look like? I guess that this is practical. What does it look like to bear witness to Christ this month? Um, testify that the Savior has come. This means we testify that He is God in flesh. Um, you know, the birth of Christ is really a launching place for the gospel. That was His first step in His earthly life, really as He's already heading towards the cross. Um, sharing that he is our hope and light in this dark world and you know this time of year we we celebrate probably one of the brightest times in history but oftentimes this time of year is a lot a lot of times the darkest part of people's years Mm -hmm. you know it's a dark time for a lot of people and so you know sharing that he's the hope and light but we do that through sharing the gospel with others. Um, 
and being the feet and hands of Christ. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't think we do that without sharing the gospel. Yeah, and if this is helpful, um, at the Christmas event Sunday, someone had asked me about, you know, how do you, how do you bring Jesus up with family? And, and um, obviously every situation is different, but I think the always a good strategy is to ask really good questions. Um, so if you're like, how do I bear witness to Christ? Well, ask people you love really good questions. And you're like, well, what questions should I ask them? And for me, it's always, we've, we've done like evangelism training here at the church at least once since I've been here. But it's always been helpful to think through, this is super easy to remember, of uh, creation, fall, redemption. Just three questions you could start. All right, what's your view of creation? Um, all right, can I share, you, share with you my view of creation? Uh, then the fall. What do you think is wrong with this world? Uh, what, what do you think is wrong with, with your coworkers and people around you? Can I share with you what uh, I think, I believe is what's wrong with this world? And then you say, well, how do you, what do you think the fix is? How would you fix it? If you had the power to fix it, what do you think the fix is? And then you say, well, can I share with you how I think this can be fixed? And that's the opportunity to go through what Christ has done, the redemption side of it. It's super easy to remember. And I have, I mean, I'm not just blowing smoke. I've used that hundreds of times. Just fall, or creation, fall, redemption. Um, so, and you know what? If your family doesn't want to talk about it, don't talk to them about it. Don't be annoying. Like, if you're trying to have Christmas a meal, and they're like, hey, we don't want to hear about your Jesus stuff. Be like, all right, love you anyways, let's eat. Like, I'm not going to, that's between them and the Lord. Um, Dust your sandals off and move on. Exactly. Well, eat first. Yeah. If they got presents, save for the presents, save for the Christmas presents, then you can get on out. Um, All right. Uh, Where am I at? Sub point two. Should be subpoint C. C. I don't know why it put two there. All right, a light for those to become children of God. Is everyone a child of God, Chris? No. All right, let's move on. But but uh oh, they are created in the image of God. Yeah. Um, I have one verse here. First John three ten says, "By this it is evident who are the children of God, and who are the children of the devil." Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. Mic drop. Another good cross-reference I didn't read on Sunday. (laughs) That's a good one. Explain that a little further, uh, Baker. How would you... Of course, not everyone's a child of God. How do you become a child of God? I've got a few verses here. John 1.12 but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So we first must receive and believe in his name. Uh, Romans ten nine through 10. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. 
For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. Uh, so building on John 1.12, thinking about receiving and believing, uh, part of that receiving is confessing with our mouth. And more specifically, we must believe in our hearts that God raised Jesus from the dead. And lastly, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9 for by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. So, you know, going a little further, our salvation um, is by the grace of God through faith, and ultimately it is a gift that God has given us. It's a gift. That's a good one. And we'll see that even clearly in John 3 on Sunday. All right, let's wrap this. Uh, let's wrap this up. Last question for you, Jason Payne. What does it mean to be a child of light, and why is that encouraging? Uh, certainly, for me, it adds an extra layer of encouragement. Uh, so, to be made in the image of God should be a beautiful reality that every person has infinite value and worth. That every life is worth it, um, inside and outside of the womb, um, and that that should be the first encouraging thing i think to me that's a more blanket encouraging remark than just everyone's a child of god mm-hmm. to know the biblical truth that everyone's made in the image of god uh, causes me to second guess how i see people in walmart because <laughs> like walmart was packed the other day i don't know why are you going to walmart i was buying what was i buying Oh, uh, Arlo, I think, has fleas. So uh-huh. I was buying some flea spray <laughs> and something else. Like, two things. And people were there gotcha. loading it up. Um, so every every person has infinite value and worth. But to be adopted into an eternal family is the best part. Uh, when, when we adopted uh, Ezra and Eliza, we walked into the the NICU in Rockford, Illinois. Correct me if I'm wrong, were you you were born at that same I hospital? I was born in that hospital. It's just wow. in that nuts, man. That's cool. So Jason Baker, um, one of the curmudgeons in the balcony <laughs> with Chris, uh, was born at RMH, or the same place that the twins were born, Rockford, Illinois. It's nuts. That's crazy. That's um, so when we walked in there for the first time, they were labeled baby A, baby B. So not only did we adopt them, we also got to, to name them. We obviously chose Ezra and Eliza, and then, I don't know how much I share this, but we asked their birth mother to choose their middle names, um, and then they're just stuck with pain. You know, they don't have a choice with that as a last name. Um, but it was Baby A. <laughs> I'd have to look at pictures. That's a, that's a good question. I'm gonna have to. Th- I'm gonna have to go back to Google Photos to see who is. Eliza was b- born first. We were told so. It was a C-section. They went to get Ezra, and she kicked her foot out, and they had to take her first, which wow. is not a surprise. <laughs> she looked crazy in the Nick. She looked like she wanted to fight everyone, even in the Nick. You oh, at five pounds. So she's all. That's always been her personality but i can't remember who was closer to that door because i had their own separate rooms because it was twins and because they were adopted 
they were in their own rooms, which was nice wow. to like. Um, I think the in the room next to us was like a one pound baby. Like they mm. parents had to get full gear on just to go in. And, oh goodness! Um, so, yeah. anyways, all that being being said um, is that names are important. So being adopted into the family of God. I'm given a name in Scripture, a child of light. Um, because of my identity in Christ, a child of light is who I am. So for me, that, that encourages me because I think, as you all know, I'm not perfect. And I often find myself walking down dark paths. And the gospel reminds me, <clears throat> like, hey, uh, why would you participate in that darkness? That's not who you are. You're a child of light. It drives me to repentance, clinging to my adoption. So that's why it's encouraging. So the main point is going to be similar every week. Christ with us means light with us. If anyone wants uh, a little secret to this Sunday, it's Christ with us means joy with us. So you don't have to do a lot of rocket science to fill in these blanks. <laughs> All right, that's the wrap. Let's um, let's do the last Christmas question. We've done we pretty much do this every year, but I'm gonna ask this question this way: What's the one Christmas movie you have to watch in December? Not your favorite, the one that you're like, I can't let this month go by without watching this. Christmas Vacation. All right, Christmas Vacation. A lot of bad words. So ones that were just forced just to just watch. Show. What's it on TV? Is that, is that where you're going? Or the word, the most sinful to watch? Most repentant? No. Die, that'd be die hard. The one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what do you think? So the one we're forced to watch? Yeah, we actually, no. We actually act. Let's say that you. Like, I like Home Alone. Home Alone is the one I, I watch every year. Okay, that's good. What's the one Karina makes you watch? Is that sounds like well, the question you wanted it's to answer? Right. It's, it's a good movie. Is it Christmas El- shoes. Elf is her. Elf is her. <laughs> Elf is her, mo- her movie. Shoes, See, I love Home no. Alone, but I watch it year round. So I was like, gotcha. Oh. That's true. The kids watch mm. Home Alone too a lot, yeah. which is the better one. Yeah, I had both. Of, I mean, I watched. I both have of both of them too. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. both good. Mine is the the kids don't like it as much as me, but it's the Muppets Christmas Carol. What does that look? I don't. I just you don't like that one. The soundtrack. All the answers. The soundtrack in the world. I would have never expected that one. What what was I supposed to say? Elf. Like no, we already we watched Elf before Christmas. I mean, we we December. I think shockingly, there's no sports tonight. So after dinner. I was going to put on a Christmas movie. Is it The Muffets? I don't know. I'd like to save that one that gets a little closer, but maybe we'll go ahead and... I don't want to... It's like how much I want to fight with them tonight is the... Because they're not going to want to watch The Muffets Christmas Carol. What's their go-to? What's their go-to Christmas? They like Elf. They like Home Alone 2. Mm-hmm. Um, or any of the Home Alone. Do they like Polar Express? They watched it. Um, My kids used to love it. Now they can't. Well, Alex can't stand it, but I I like the real I like this. Though, well, here's one I bet they would like, and it's this is on the top of my list, right beside Muppets Christmas Carol would be Ernest Saves Christmas. Yeah, I have that on DVD. Yeah, so that's yeah. one I watch by myself though. And Karina always watches. She always watches one special night. 
Yeah. Which is James Garner and Julie yeah. Andrews. Yeah. I don't usually it's watch a, that one with it's a, one worst night old movies. <laughs> so the the original Miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Never seen it. Is a really good one. Like Great Santa Claus. Never huh? seen a Wonderful like Life either. You've never seen a Wonderful Life. No. What? I watched some Nicholas Cage knockoff a few years ago. You've like never Family seen Man the original, or something like that. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. No. Oh, that's Why? good. That's I've never have seen it. That's a good one. It usually comes on Christmas Day on NBC. <laughs> oh, and I did tell. I'll, for the record, you still need to watch this. This will be a good one for you tonight, Chris. The Christmas Story 2. Oh, yeah. Christmas Story, obviously, Ralphie the Classic. But the second one that's on Max really was good. Shockingly. It, it like, it ticked all the boxes of callbacks to the original, but had its own, like, soul to it. It was, I told you, I got emotional. I did. (laughs) Which was not expected. All right, well, that's it for right now. Who wants to pray? Oh boy. Oh boy. All right. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for this time. Um, The time we get to to dig a little more into your word and and have fun and fellowship and hopefully, um, you know, be able to be a beneficial to others to um, encourage them to dig a little deeper as well. And we just pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys.